Carol Daniel here with you. Thanks for joining us on PNCC Speak, the language of executives. You can listen to this and all of our other podcasts by going to KMOX.com. Dave, it's, it's quite interesting to talk about uh, health care today, but one of the things that your mercy is known for is at Virtual Center, which is state-of-the-art out in Creve Corps. It seems to me you also have a challenge with your ministry being in so many places at once, a lot of a lot of uh, Missouri and rural Oklahoma and down south through Texas don't have the availability of the things we have in St. Louis that we take for granted, frankly. How do you do that? And and I know one way is through the Mercy Hospital at-home program mm-hmm. to, to service these, these people that may not be near a Mercy Hospital. Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, so that's, that's, there's a program for care at home where we, um, the physicians can sign the patients up. We give them the technology they'd need for us to be able to monitor and engage them and, and work with them at home. Uh, it's a laptop set up and some basic monitoring that uh, really is simple to apply. And uh, that's sent to the patient's home, and then the doctor can interact with them, and we can get important essential uh, readings from their from the comforts of their home. And, and Michael, we're going to extend that. We're in the process of designing a whole new model um, for hospital care at home. So the virtual care at home is really for patients who are outpatients, but we need more close monitoring. We need more close support of them um, in real time. Um, the Next iteration, though, is really hospital at home, and we're partnering with an organization called Maribel, uh, who is designing the at-home model. So a patient can come into the emergency department, depending on the diagnosis, with particular diagnoses, we'll give the patient um, the option to receive that care at home. Um, The patient will go home. When they're there, uh, they'll be met with a team who will uh, implement anything that we need from a technology or supportive standpoint. They'll have that. They'll have nursing who can come into the home. It's not for all diagnoses. Um, certainly, if the patient's clinical condition is more complex and needs more more constant monitoring, they won't be recommended for that program. But there's a number of diagnoses that come through our emergency de- department that we believe will 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 or patients will have that um, that that optionality and will be able to execute the care effectively in the comfort of their home. You mentioned early on in our conversation um, creating the gig workforce where, among other things, um, nurses can work three or four hours. Uh, that is an answer to the workforce shortage that healthcare and, frankly, many other industries are facing. From workforce to innovation, though, how, how is Mercy um, investing? You mentioned this briefly, investing in innovation and technology. And what challenges are those investments designed to target? Yeah, so so some of the some of the investments are designed to help us um, support workforce differently. Uh, many of the investments are really designed to help us uh, extend um, in a multiplier type of fashion care to many more thousands of patients more consistently. Um, if you think about, you know, we talk about here in St. Louis. If if we think about Mercy's impact on patients in just St. Louis, it's one thing, but when you start to think about individual service lines across all of Mercy. You go from serving 10,000 cancer patients in St. Louis to serving over 20,000 cancer patients on an annual basis across the ministry. You go from serving X number of heart patients in St. Louis to serving two times to three times that number across our footprint. So one of the things that we're doing is taking 
a ministry-wide approach, an organization-wide approach to looking at all of these populations and then going to the companies who are designing the technologies, bringing the innovation, and and we have a system of care. We have a great ability to take an innovation in one place and scale it across all of Mercy. That's one of the things our physicians are incredible at. Um, there's no pride in authorship. If there's a good way to do something and provide better care, our doctors get on board and they drive that. Uh, that's why we have such a physician-led organization. And so we're bringing those conversations to industry, to the innovators, to the creators of, of therapies, uh, to the innovators of technologies, so that we can be the first and early adopter to the solutions that we think will make sense for populations that we serve and individuals. That's very interesting, Steve. Yeah, your background's uh, also interesting to me. You, you came out of a cancer background mm -hmm. for uh, 19 years mm -hmm. when you joined Mercy. How has that evolution been? Uh, going from a, a focus on cancer for many, many years to being the CEO and leader of such a multifaceted organization. Yeah, that's uh, it was a really um, it was it was a particularly a fun transition for me. I mean, I loved uh, and I have, um, you know, a love for those who serve cancer patients and um, I have a deep interest in that particular field. Uh, I'm not a physician, but. Uh, just the level of innovation and how care has to be delivered to cancer patients, I think, is really unique because of the the nature of the disease and the nature of what the relationship. It tends to be a very relationship-based type of care delivery, and that's something that was always appealing to me. And I think elements of that can transition and transfer over to other areas. But what I love about Mercy is is the the diversity, the complexity of the clinical conditions that come across, um, you know, come come to us every day and that we're managing. And uh, also seeing specialists from so many disparate, different areas have to rally together to care for clinically complex patients and in complex situations, rural situations or in city situations. And, and that to me has been um, a lot of fun. Can we talk about leadership itself when we come back? Let's do it because that is one of our guiding – that's one of our guiding principles here at PNCC Speak that we help those who hear our podcast to think about leadership differently um, to disrupt the status quo. So we're going to do that when we come back and talk more to Steve Mack and Mercy's president and chief executive officer. PNCC Speak, the language of executives with you on KMOX. Welcome back to PNCC Speak, the language of executives, wrapping up our conversation with Steve Mack and Mercy's president and chief executive officer. Just to let you know about Mercy itself, one of the 25 largest U.S. health systems serving millions annually, Mercy has more than 40 acute care managed in specialty hospitals, convenient and urgent care locations, imaging centers and pharmacies, more than 900 physician practices and outpatient facilities, and 2,400 Mercy clinic physicians, and more than 40,000 coworkers serving patients patients and families across Arkansas, Kansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma. A fantastic footprint, but they're right here in St. Louis. And we're proud to have you, Steve. Uh, question. You made a comment a bit ago that uh, Mercy's physician-led. Talk about that a minute and, and what that means to you. For years, we've had, particularly with the integrated physician uh, clinic that we have, the, the the employment model that's in place. We've always had strong physician leadership. And then when I became CEO, so if the clinics all roll up to physician leadership, 
Um, but when I became CEO, I also expanded my leadership team to include a few physicians. So if you look at all of Mercy operations today, they roll up to three physicians, one who leads all of our primary care and population health, one who leads uh, all of our physician clinics, and one who leads all of our hospital operations. They work really close together. So it's really important to have that physician voice at all of our key decision-making. We wanted to talk about leadership for sure. Um, One of our principles here at PNCC Speak um, is to impress upon those who are listening that you can change course if you need to, uh, but we want to inspire. Talk about your leadership style, the the principles you use um, in leading such a massive organization. Yeah. So, you know, I'm I'm the product of having uh, great mentors throughout my life, and I think um, I think any leader in, who runs an organization has had the benefit of great mentorship. So I take that very seriously. Um, first of all, I think to be a good leader, you have to genuinely care about the people that you're around and with every day. Um, I enjoy seeing um, I, I enjoy seeing my the teams that I have the opportunity to lead and be a part of be successful, and I love to celebrate those successes. Um, We work and operate in a very complex environment, and there's a lot of challenges. And Mercy, one of the things I love about Mercy is we always talk about um, the moral and ethical obligation to get healthcare right and to evolve medicine. And and so you have to be comfortable with change, and you have to be willing to take on and address the big problems. And healthcare has a lot of complex, huge problems that impact everyone in our society. And so... um, and so leaning into those moments is a really important thing. And so change orientation is something that I think is a really important quality in people because um, the status quo uh, will really get you uh, – uh, you'll be challenged in healthcare if, 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 if you're not willing to change and evolve yourself. Um, I think those are important. Those are important. And, and you know, another little expression that we use, uh, and I, it's certainly present in healthcare in a lot of industries, is that scarcity is your friend. Um, you often will you you'll have a want for more resources and more things, but um, it's it's often the lack of resources or scarcity that f- drives innovation. It's at the heart of probably why Mercy Virtual was so successful was we had to come up with a solution to extend care in complex situations in rural communities where you may not have the benefit of all of the specialties that you have in St. Louis. And so scarcity, I, I think, often drives innovation. And so those are some principles that I think about a lot and I embrace and I look for in, in, in the leaders that I surround myself with. Well, no doubt in, in medicine more than than most areas, if status quo, if you just keep that, you're yeah. falling behind. Mm-hmm. So mercy isn't falling behind. Uh, you can't help but notice the new building on campus. Why don't you talk about that and your unique role with that? Your new building in Creve Corps? Yeah. So I had the benefit. There was a, a vision for uh, expansion. If you think about Mercy Hospital St. Louis, that campus is very busy. And we had a plan to build this facility. We had the benefit of pulling in who I think is one of the, the lead architects of Canon Design in the, in the nation. They, they came in and partnered with us to design this. We looked at innovative models in healthcare and also outside of healthcare, um, from the Nike, Nike Center for Innovation to... Um, other uh, other kind of uh, models that I think are in the vanguard to pull in elements. The Center for um, Performance Medicine is called Performance Medicine because it's it's about optimizing patients 
uh, healthcare and wellness. And so all of the specialties that are, that are in that building are surgical specialties. And so it's not just about the surgical moment, but it's also about the rehabilitation and optimizing patients' long-term well-being. And so rehab is an, an important, essential part of it. But it's also a center that leverages every ounce of technology that we have that are available. So, um, you know, I've never met a patient who necessarily valued the registration process. All of that is digital now. Uh, you register in advance. When you arrive, it's going to note that you're here. Uh, it's going to direct you to where to go. You're going to have a, a personalized parking spot uh, or directed to one. If you're having surgery that day, one will be dedicated to you. Uh, the ability to do meal planning so when you come out of surgery, you can take meals home with you that are prepared for you. Um, but it's it's a it's a completely technology-enabled experience that we're creating for patients, and um, and um, and it's a state-of-the-art center, and um, and so. Can I just say that everybody listening, uh, of everything you've said the last hour, I am certain that they are all giddy about a parking spot being assigned. <laughs> <laughs> Before we let you go, um, you mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation that you and Mercy have a bias for action. Yeah. We would like that in this region. We want to act in St. Louis in this region to to be better, to to grow and be who we ought to be in this region. What does it mean from Mercy's standpoint to have a bias for action? Yeah, so that's that's that expression comes from our observation of how the sisters who created Mercy have always behaved. These, um, they called them the walking sisters because instead of being cloistered, they always said they had to have a nose for need and to go to where the need was present. Patients or education, ha- shouldn't, you shouldn't have to seek it. You should go to where the need is. And so that's at the heart of a bias for action. And that is a characteristic that we look for in every single person that we hire and bring into mercy. Well said. Well, I just got to chill, really, Steve. Well said. I, I, I respect that and, and like that so much. And um, I know that, that Michael and I agree that having a bias for action is something that we need in St. Louis. And we're so glad that that's what's leading Mercy um, into the future and all of us right along with you. Steve Mackin, uh, the president and chief executive officer of Mercy. Thank you so much. And, and congratulations. You're still relatively new in, in that position. Thank congratulations you. to you. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us on PNCC Speak. Michael Scully, thank you, my friend. My pleasure, Carol. Any any podcast we have done, we've done a lot of them. You'll find a, a lot of incredible conversations. You can find all of those at KMOX.com. PNCC Speak, the language of executives.